Welcome to the Island Podcast. This is Olivier Legree, your host from the Island. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Mathieu Parier, an art historian who specializes in abstract and perceptual art. Mathieu has curated several exhibitions around the world and is back this year in Paris at Palais d'Iéna, where he's curating another amazing exhibition inviting Daniel Buren and Michelangelo Pistoletto. So Mathieu, you've already organized a few exhibitions at Palais d'Iéna. This series of exhibitions I've organized there already uh, involved um, somehow 25, 26 artists, I'm not sure. And um, they were all dealing with the actual space of the uh, Palais d'Iéna, which is one of the most wonderful palaces you can have in Paris. It was inaugurated in 1939 and built by the architect Auguste Perret, whose purpose was to define the perfect exhibition room, not for artworks, but for machines, for modern connected with architecture, connected with uh, actual machines and public works at the time. So this museum was only uh, active between 39 and 55. So we basically, including the war, it's very short period. Since 1960, it hosts the Conseil Économique, Social et Environnemental, which is uh, the third public assembly in France, which it, it's a very important political place, uh, especially favored by Emmanuel Macron. So So one time per year, I have the uh, the, the honor to um, propose and curate an exhibition there. And I wanted the place to host exhibitions connected with uh, actual architectural properties. The immensity of the space is 1,500 square meters. It's seven to nine meters high ceilings, huge windows all over that basically give a stunning view onto the city and, for example, onto the Eiffel Tower because it's basically in front of it. According to the movement of the sun in the sky, the space will change, the light will change. You have wonderful stairs all, all over who basically uh, offer different points of view to the main space. But for you, what is the most important aspect of Palediena as an exhibition space? The most important thing is that it's a very free, open space. It's not a series of little room when you do a kind of uh, a walk through, you know, uh, room one, then room two, then room three. It's basically a sculpture park under a roof. When I say park, I think about the idea that's a room that is called a hypostyle room, but it means that the ceiling is supported by a forest of pillars. It's a very interesting and challenging space that the audience only get to see once per year because the rest of the year it's closed. So it's very exceptional just to come to see the architecture. And of course, I wanted artists such as uh, this year, Daniel Buren or Michelangelo Pistoletto to deal with this space. So basically, I propose them to explore each a characteristic of this architecture. And the beauty of it is that um, those artists that are respectively 85 for Buren and 90 years old for a Pistoletto, they were really young at heart, I would say, because they absolutely embraced the properties of the place for this site-specific exploration. So the work by Daniel Buren is done in situ. It means that it only exists according to the uh, actual properties of the space, except for a series of work. Daniel Buren always worked this way. He reads the building and 
his work finally will help you to see the architecture differently. It's like a vision machine somehow that will help you see the building totally change in terms of rhythm, in terms of color, in terms of uh, space. You will be immersed into the work. I must say that I can't say too much because the project will be revealed on the opening on Tuesday and uh, to the big audience on Wednesday 18th uh, during the fair. So that I can't say too much, but all I can say is that Daniel Buren's work is going to embrace the whole spectator. We're going to basically dive somehow into the work. I can't say more. For Michelangelo Pistoletto, it uh, many people expect to see his very classic stainless steel polished metal with serigraph images of people at scale one. That's not what they're going to find. It's more surprising. My discussions with uh, the artist tend to go more into the late 1960s, early 70s work involving mirrors as well, but real mirror, not reflective surfaces only, with all very large with perceptual games uh, using mirrors and the actual space and the viewer. Because as for Buren or Pistoletto, the main figure is the human spectator, is the visitor. We are part of the work. As a viewer, I'm seen by other spectators. It's a bit of an absurd to photograph their works without spectator in front of it. But that's mostly what people do, but it's a bit absurd because uh, in this radical abstract art, we tend to forget about, you know, absence of representation, but the people there will be the presence. So it's a kind of very important shift with abstract art. We tend to forget, we think of abstract art as something a bit cold, a bit distant, but in the end, it basically embraces a new figure, the living uh, spectator. It's the idea of an experience that goes uh, in vivo. I mean, it's in your blood, in your flesh. And it's very important. I think uh, it's my definitely credo as a curator or art historian is to promote and understand the work that basically resists to uh, image films. It means it's a work that makes you go outside of your home, but it's uh, it's an art that basically uh, makes you connect to people. It's kind of social at the same time. But would you say that beyond social... One aspect of this exhibition is audience participation. Participation, that's definitely a key word. It means that uh, everyone will make the exhibition its own experience that goes through, of course, the walk. I mean, because you, there is no arrows on the floor that tell you to go there and to go there. It's a very open space. And usually in my exhibition, uh, that's what I tend to do, you know, leave people free about their movements, uh, free to uh, improvise, you know, in a society that basically tells us exactly what to do. It's very important to improve their free will somehow. And the artists I work with tend to play that game as well. So according to your position in space, you will have a different work. I mean, for example, when you see a painting, there is one and unique point of view. It's facing the work. Of course, you can zoom in with your eyes, getting closer, getting further, but in the end, it doesn't involve your any exploration, any discoveries. I mean, everything is under your eyes. That's the beauty of painting as well. I love painting, but it's not the question. But for this kind of space, it would be um, a waste uh, to uh, to show paintings there uh, beneath the fact that there is no walls, of course. It's very individual, and I, I'm not against selfies at all. I think it's very important, actually, to dive uh, into the work 
and to include yourself physically. Selfies are not at all something only connected to, I don't know, ego or narcissistic uh, exploration. I think it's more about, you know, experimenting. It's more about taking part of the work as it is supposed to be. I mean, looking at a, uh, a work by Pistoletto includes you. I mean, you are reflecting, you are standing next to the serigraphed figure, whether it's figurative, like a person at scale one, or abstract, emotive. Actually, that's a motive you will find in a uh, uh, serigraphed on the uh, on the mirrors. The exhibition doesn't exist without you, you as a spectator. So I'm really excited to visit, but the exhibition being open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., what is the best time to come? The ideal would be to come at many uh, different times during the day to experiment different um, state of the work because the work will change according to the position of light. And I said the work, the exhibition, because it's a combination of two site-specific works that play together. When I use the word play, uh, the verb play is to um, specify changing interactions between two elements. It's not playful as a toy, you know what I mean? It's uh, the moving, the uh, uh, transforming capacity of the um, this duo that is interesting. But uh, you speak about the time. It's another way to speak about perceptual art. This time involves your body, your flesh, your experience, but it's very time-based, time-based experience. This art deploys itself, if I may say, in real time and space. It's about reality again. You know, it's about making abstract radical art, radical geometry, monochrome sometime, a radical motive, you know, in continuity of constructivism, neoplasticism, Bauhaus, radical abstraction, conceptual art, monochrome. So I invite everyone that is in Paris between October 18th and October 29th to visit the exhibition. It's quite short, Mathieu, isn't it? It's a very short exhibition, as you mentioned. It's uh, less than two weeks. Uh, it's also part to the fact that it's a very public space that usually holds conferences. So it's very important that this space remains free apart from this uh, event. So basically, every year I have it during one month and a half, which includes uh, installation and de-installations because always, people always forget that uh, all this requires a lot of time to uh, set it on and to uh, dismantle it as well. Indeed. Thank you very much, Mathieu. And for those that are still with us, we have two invitations for the opening on Tuesday night. Just send us a DM with the keyword Yena. Thank you very much for listening until the end of this island podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, the island underscore IO, and on our website, theisland.io. See you next time.